So today, we are continuing our series in the book of Daniel, and we'll be in Daniel chapter 10. Today's message is talking about angels, their purpose, and the power of prayer. Angels, their purpose, and how our prayers actually change something in the heavenly realm and actually influences angels. Now, I'm going to be really careful on this message because somebody might hear this and kind of like, oh, wait a second, is he going down a slippery slope about talking about angels? And, and I want to let you know, we're going to stay very biblical. <laughs> um, Daniel, though, in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel chapter 10 really just sets the stage for Daniel 11, which is really more of this ap- apocalyptic uh, vision type of thing. But he begins this has another, um, has another vision. Daniel's full of visions that are recorded in here. And remember, Daniel is a, um, is a contemporary to Jeremiah and Ezekiel, both two other prophets that have written books in the Bible. Also, we realize um, some other interesting things. So it starts off by saying Daniel is, is mourning He's very, he's sorrowful, I guess is what the scripture says. And that word interpreted sorrow is really about like a a woman who is in birth and and there's just a lot of pain, a lot of travail going on. And and we don't really know why the Bible says that Daniel's in a place of sorrow. We do know that Daniel's probably 80, in his 80s at this point. Remember, he was in captivity, brought into Babylon when he was young because he was still in school. He's now in his 80s, and it's in the time frame which Ezra has been issued an opportunity to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. Something also interesting, Ezra and Nehemiah were also uh, around at the same time. So again, two other books of the Bible, Ezra and Nehemiah. So there's like five books of the Bible that are taking place around these times. Daniel, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Ezra, Nehemiah. Ezra goes back. We don't know if Ezra goes first or Nehemiah goes first, but here he is. And he might be sorrowful. Daniel might be sorrowful for these reasons. He might be sorrowful that he's too old. He's not going back. His heart has always been praying for Jerusalem, right? His heart's been always been praying for the people, the, the Israelites. Um, he might, his heart might be sad because only a small remnant went with Ezra back. And it's like, come on, guys. Do you not care about your home country and the... God has promised this land to you. Don't you want to be back? We don't really know his reason why he's sorrowful, but it starts on this. And then then he has this vision of this man, and this is what it says. Um, In verse uh, 8, Daniel chapter 10, verse 8, his body was like beryl, his face was like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flashing torches. Um... His arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze. And the sound of his words were like the sound of a multitude. And it says, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. Now, some people would say, because those are the same words that you will find, or same description as Revelation chapter 1 of who Jesus is when he comes back to earth. The challenge with saying that that's Jesus, it might be. But later on, when this person, whether it is an angel or Jesus, speaks to Daniel. He says he was over in, well, I'll just read what it says. Um, Hand touched him. 
Okay, here we go. Here's what it says. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and my knees. And so this vision that he saw of this person, could be Jesus, could be an angel, touched him, said, oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. And by the way, isn't that just awesome that um, either a heavenly being or Jesus starts out by telling a human how much they're loved? And that's what God does to us, by the way. If you're questioning your value in life, I want to let you know you are so loved. You are highly cherished. You are valued beyond measure because God made you. He created you and he has given you for a purpose. So he starts off by saying, this is the second time now that this has been said. Uh, Gabriel said that the last time, oh man, highly loved. And says this. Um, and then when he spoken this word uh, to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God, um, your God. Your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince and the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief priests, an archangel, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia. So this is, that little section right there would make people think that it maybe wasn't Jesus unless there's something going on where Jesus needed help. But somebody would be like, would Jesus really need some help from the king of Persia? Um, and Michael had to go help him? Maybe. So I guess all I'm saying is it doesn't really make a difference for the story, whether it's Jesus or an angel. We're going to be talking about the role of angels and the power of prayer. So here before, in the first part of Daniel, Daniel, if you ever heard of the Daniel fast, this is where it's taken from. Daniel chapter 10. Because when Daniel said he was sorrowful, he decided that he was going to give up all the rich food and all the wine, and he prayed and fasted for 21 days. The Daniel fast, have you ever heard of 21 days? Now, we used to take the, the 21 days, all great habits are formed in 21 days, right? We've all heard that. So here's Daniel, he's giving up these things. The interesting thing, though, after this person shows up and he says he was in battle, so it's a heavenly being, whether it's Jesus or an angel, he was in battle over the prince or king of Persia, and he says the battle wasn't won until the 21 days were up. Could there be a connection? I believe there is. Between Daniel's praying for 21 days, praying and fasting and seeking God, that there was something that took place in the heavenlies that allowed this person to overcome the other spiritual forces over Persia. What does that mean for us? What does that mean that a human can pray earnestly, pray and fast, and that it has influence in angelic beings, it has influence in the heavenlies? In Ephesians chapter 6, we, we've been talking about this multiple weeks now, but in Ephesians 6, we understand where the war is being waged, right? This is Ephesians 6 chapter 10. It's talking about the whole armor of God. And then he's saying, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of of the devil. So we know the devil's always working. He's got schemes against you, schemes against me, schemes against the world that doesn't know him. He is hell-bent on bringing as many people to hell as he can. 
He does not like anything that represents God. We're all made in his image. That's why we love all people, right? Every human being is made in the image of God. That's why he despises human beings. He's trying to take them down in the pit of hell. So he's got schemes. But it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So don't think your person next to you is your enemy. When you look at your spouse, you are not my enemy. (laughs) You're like, I'm joking, obviously. But sometimes we feel like they're against us, right? All right. But we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the uh, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. The Apostle Paul knew where the battle was being waged, right? In, in his book to the letter to the church in uh, Ephesus. And so here he's beginning to say the battle is in the heavenly places. It feels earthly in many ways, but we have to put our attention to the, to the real forces that are going on. Then he goes on and say, here's how you combat that, right? Continue to read on. Here's what the, the offensive armor is. And it's all spiritual. But I love that Daniel began to um, talk about what took place. And we know this from this man who shows up who meets with Daniel, that we'll begin to talk about in chapter 11 in Daniel, kind of some foreshadowing, some prophetic things that are going to take place. But today, I think it's really important to understand that your prayer has more power than you think. I think sometimes we wonder that that we pray and we don't see something happening. What happened if Daniel stopped praying at day 10? The victory was won 21 days later. Oh, well, 21 days in total, right? 11 days later, if he stopped at day 10. The victory sometimes is, is taking place in, in, in the heavenlies, and we just know that there are spiritual battles that are being fought on our behalf, but in many ways are being executed because of prayers that we pray. Think about that for a moment. It's very powerful. There's another great scripture that I love in in James. It says this, that the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working, which means this, your prayers are doing something. It says, as they are working, if you want to write this down, James 5.16, James 5.16, it says the prayer of a righteous person. So there, there is something about living right. We know that our full righteousness comes through, the, through Jesus Christ. None of us are righteous on our own. It's only through the blood and power of Jesus Christ. Our righteousness comes through Jesus. So when we pray in Jesus' name, or that's where our righteousness comes from, it has great power as it is working. So my question is, when you pray, are you expecting your prayers to be working? Are you expecting that, that you are praying and something is happening in the heavenlies that is changing the environment on earth? Some of you are like shaking your head. Like, I mean, this is, I mean, not huge revelation for me, but I don't know if I've really spent a lot of time praying with that picture of knowing that angels are fighting and battling because of my prayer. It also says in Daniel that, that Michael came because Daniel prayed. 
Michael came. So here's where I want to make sure theology is correct. Do not pray to angels. There's nowhere in the Bible that says we should be praying to angelic beings. Jesus taught us how to pray. We cannot go wrong by looking at Jesus' pattern, how to pray. Where do we find that? We find that in Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. We know it as the Our Father, right? They were asking uh, Jesus, like, okay, well, how should we pray? Um, And this is what he says. And when you pray, verse 7, when you pray... Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for, uh, for their many words. So in other words, they were praying because they thought it was going to influence the people who heard them. Jesus says, don't pray that way. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask. Pray then like this, he says. This is how you should pray. Our father in heaven. Hallowed or holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts or our trespasses. Um, Yeah, wouldn't we all want our debts to be forgiven if we read it that way? (laughs) Your house is paid off for. I mean, paid off. Your car is paid off. Forgive us our debts. Now, he's not saying that. He's, He's saying that when we have sinned against somebody... A debt has to be owed. And that's what Jesus did on the cross for us. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors, those who have wronged us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then I grew up in a great old Presbyterian church for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hey, I think maybe we know this. Do you want to say the Our Father together? All right, let's do it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and lead us to trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Sorry, I messed you up a little bit there. Those of you who are watching online at home, I hope you joined us as well. That's how we're to pray. We're to pray to our Father in heaven in Jesus' name. And then he's saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which means there's something going on in heaven that he wants to have executed here on earth. Jesus was always about Um, restoration, reconciliation. He was always trying to take the things that were to be in the original design, the way God designed us to be in relationship with him and to be at peace with others relationally, to be free from the bondages of sin and the negative things that come from our heart of lust and, and hatred and covetousness. Try saying that one, covetousness. Um, yeah, so, so you have to understand that, that there is something happening and he wants to posture ourselves in a place of prayer with the expectation that something is going on in the heavenlies with angelic beings that are 
fighting our battles. I think there's a song like that, Pastor Rich. This is how we fight our battles. What's the, what's the other part of that lyric? Yeah, so, it, so that's what he's saying. We, we might find that we're surrounded by all this negativity. We're surrounded by circumstances, but the reality is Jesus is sending angels to surround our circumstance. Now, some of you might say, well, do we have guardian angels? I want to let you know, nowhere in the Bible does it say that we do. The other interesting thing is we only have one account of an archangel, that is Michael, Although we know that Gabriel, that we just heard about in the um, Christmas account of how Jesus was going to come to this earth, Gabriel announced to Mary how he was going to come. And then he spoke to Joseph in a, in a dream as well. So Gabriel. So these are messengers, but they're also warriors, and they also fight on our behalf. It is interesting to realize that, that there are certain things. When he says he came to fight against the kings of Persia, or other translations saying the princes of, if you look at the original translation of the Old Testament, that would be Hebrew. If you look at that, it's actually the same word as when he talks about princes of angels so we do know, and I guess this is my other point of clarification, uh, and then I'm going to close this off on this. You do know that when there's a rebellion in heaven, all Satan is, is by the way, a fallen angel. And he took a third of the angels with him. So when we talk about Satan and his demons, we're talking about uh, an angel that rebelled against God, and convinced, deceived all the third of the other angels to go with him. <laughs> and he was given some authority over the earth for a season. And we know that there's these battles that go on. So when he's saying we're battling over the prince of Persia or the kings of Persia, he's basically saying that there are demonic forces over a region, that they, they are taking the good forces, God's forces, to battle that, to break, through the, break free the strongholds over a region. So, so I want to encourage you, and this is, this is the practical part that I want you to take away with. So understand that there are evil forces that are keeping people in bondage. You are given this little card, a Christmas Eve card. To me... It's not about whether or not we fill this building with a bunch of guests. It's more that you get to be salt and light into somebody's life to bring them closer to Jesus who will set them free from the bondages of this world. But know this, if this is truly the case, that our prayer has power, I would want you this week and next week, even before you invite somebody, to begin praying. To be, begin praying that God would break whatever spiritual force is a negative force in that person's life to tell them no to you. Because <laughs> the enemy, Satan and his 
people, uh, fallen angels, are doing everything they can to keep people away from hope, freedom, light, love that Jesus Christ brings. So prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Prayer changes things in the heavenlies. So when you begin to pray, God, who, do you, who should I be inviting? I don't want you to take many of these cards. I just want you to take one. We're handing them out every week, but just because I know not everybody gets here every week. But take one and say, God, who is the one person that you've asked me to pray for? And then you just start praying. And maybe you're going to pray and fast. Maybe, like Daniel, you're going you're to knock out some sugar from your life. And you're going to knock out some anything that's that is like a frivolous thing in your life, you're gonna knock it out and say, I'm gonna give up social media. I'm gonna, whatever you're gonna give up to fervently pray in a way that the heavenly realm changes and begins to set people free. So when you say, hey, would you come to Christmas Eve with me? Or, or maybe you say, hey, you know what? Can I, can I just tell you what God has done in my life? Like, you, not just invite him to church, invite him to Jesus. <laughs> I know not everybody's comfortable with that yet. But if they took the doing what Jesus did course, they'd be comfortable with it, right? I, I just want to give you some encouragement that it, it's not a simple, hey, I'm just going to wait till I see somebody that may be looking open and just hand him a card. I, I really want you to understand that there is a spiritual activity that's happening over people's lives and your prayer can change that. Your prayer can change that in praying to our Father in heaven that hearts would be open to an invite this Christmas. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching. Music